The following program is a presentation of Grand Slam Ministries. Hi again, everybody, and welcome to episode 61 of the Dan Scott Show. As you just heard, and as always, presented by our 501c3 nonprofit organization, Grand Slam Ministries. I am Dan. It is very good to have you with us on the program today. I hope that you've had a great week, and you know our desire here. Uh, if you've had a good week, we'll try not to mess it up. If maybe things haven't gone as well as you would have hoped, we'll try to give you a little bit of a lift. And the most important thing we try to do each and every time out is by the end of the show, learn something we did not know. And that is usually more true for the guy behind the microphone than those of you who are out there listening. Although I can't promise that any of us are going to learn much of anything from today's guest because I am today's guest. I had the opportunity to speak at Union Baptist Church in Lawrence, South Carolina last Sunday. So by the time this airs, it's going to be just a week ago that I gave this talk. And those of you who have been with us for a while, you've heard me give my testimony and and maybe the talk about finding God's purpose for your life. But this is something new, something that I, I did in a smaller form in a, a men's prayer breakfast devotion about three years ago, but God just kind of put it on my heart to expand it into uh, a full-fledged speaking opportunity, and so I kind of quote-unquote debuted it this past weekend at Union Baptist Church in Lawrence, South Carolina, pastored by my good friend Heath Bowie. This is the third time that he has had me speak at his church. And, uh, well, I'll address that when we get into the talk coming up here in just a little bit. But as always, let's first take a quick break so you can hear something about Grand Slam Ministries, and then we will come back and get into this week's show. Is there someone in your life who has been a spiritual mentor? an influence so great that you'd love to find a way to honor them? For a gift of $200 or more to Grand Slam Ministries, you can dedicate a segment of The Dan Scott Show to that very special person. Honor someone who is currently in your life or remember the legacy of a loved one who has passed. Make your gift online at grandslamministries.org and we will send you an information form which will allow you to tell us all about this special person, how and why they were a spiritual influence, their favorite Bible verses, and anything else that you would like to share. In doing so, you'll be covering our cost of one week's production, helping ensure The Dan Scott Show stays on air and continues to share stories of loved ones like yours. In addition, you'll get your own copy of the program in which your loved one's story airs, either by MP3 or CD. Help the legacy of your spiritual mentor reach others with your gift of $200 or more today. Do so online at grandslamministries.org. That's grandslamministries.org. Want to see a listing of our affiliates? Check out videos or listen to past shows and explore our archives? 
It's all available at our website, danscottshow.org. And now, back to the show. We are back and just getting rolling on this weekend's edition of the Dan Scott Show. Thank you for checking us out, whether it's uh, on the Life FM or KLNG and Council Bluffs, Iowa, Omaha, Nebraska on Saturdays and everywhere else on Sundays, wherever you are listening, whether you're listening as it airs live or if you're listening to the podcast archive, believe me when I tell you we are eternally grateful and thankful to have you on board as part of our listening audience. As I mentioned, uh, last weekend I had the uh, opportunity to speak at Union Baptist Church in Lawrence, South Carolina, at the invitation of my friend Pastor Heath Bowie. You will actually hear him introduce me uh, when we get into the uh, conversation here in just a bit. But uh, the, the subject is one that is really permeating its way throughout culture now. And it's all about identity. And specifically, it's about how the world defines us, or maybe we define ourselves, versus the way God defines us in the Bible. And there are a lot of people out there who are experiencing brokenness in many different ways. And the whole point of doing this is to let you know that if you are one of those people, that the way God looks at you and what he says about you within the framework of his word, the Bible, is starkly different than the way culture looks at you or tells you that you should be looking at yourself. And I think if if you'll go along and you'll listen to this and, and you will allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you, you will find out that, man, God really, really loves you. And he thinks a lot of you. And he has plans for you if you will just surrender yourself to him. So that's the the reason that we are doing this talk. And as I said, it was last weekend at Union Baptist Church in Lawrence, South Carolina. Here is my friend, Pastor Heath Bowie, to introduce the guest speaker Yours truly. For some, he's no stranger now here at Union Baptist Church. I know there's some of you who's never met Brother Dan that's new to our church and joined our church since the last time Brother Dan was here. Uh, but uh, Brother Dan is the voice of the Furman Paladins as well as the Greenville Drive. And he has, uh, he's the founder of Grand Slam Ministries. I won't go into any other details. I'll let him tell you whatever he wants to if he wants to tell you any more about himself. Amen. But Brother Dan, you come on up here and put, give us what the Lord's put on your heart. And uh, we're thankful to have Brother Dan back. Brother Dan drove all the way from Seneca uh, to here. And uh, I've met Brother Dan several years back. It's been several years now. And uh, so Brother Dan, you come on up here and uh, make yourself at home. Actually, I don't know what Heath is talking about. I was driving by, stopped in, saw a bulletin, see if I'd like the speaker. And once I saw who was speaking, I thought I would stay. <laughs> no, um, it, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, Heath and I have become really good friends over the years. And, 
As he mentioned earlier, this is the third time that he's had me here, which means either the first two times went reasonably well or you need to question the sanity of your pastor. <laughs> and we'll, I guess, get the answer to that a little bit later on. I do remember the first time he had me here was November of 21. Uh, my parents were actually in town. And uh, he, uh, being the big Clemson fan he is, he wore his bright orange Clemson-colored blazer that day. I, I remember that. He's learning. He's wearing his Furman purple this morning. <laughs> oh, mercy. Um, he mentioned, I'll give you the short rundown. Uh, I am in my uh, 13th year uh, as the voice of, of Furman Athletics, 20th year overall as a Division I broadcaster. And uh, Lord willing, we make it to April 9th. We'll begin our sixth year as the voice of the Greenville Drive. So I think I mentioned this the last time I was here. Uh, I went with my strength somewhere in my parents' attic as my sixth grade yearbook. I was voted the loudest in my class. So I uh, just kind of went with that. Um, Angela and I uh, have been married for 34 years now. And we have uh, two daughters Three grandchildren here, one in heaven, which I'll talk about maybe uh, in a little bit. He's going to give me, I think, a few minutes at the end of the service after the invitation to talk a little bit more about Grand Slam Ministries. So I'll kind of leave that for, uh, for then. Um, as I was uh, preparing for this morning, and you, you always come to that, that crisis point of how long is too long, Right? When, when you're going to speak to someone. It reminded me of a story I heard about a Bible study that was going on, and, and the guy who was leading the Bible study asked the members of his class, he said, if you knew you had four weeks to live, you knew that four weeks from today you were going to die, how would that change your life? What would you do? First, first guy raised his hand, and he, he said, well, he said, I'd want to spend it out on the mission field doing everything I could for Jesus. Good answer. Another guy raised his hand and he said, uh, I'd want to spend as much time as I could with, with my wife and my kids because I'll be gone in four weeks, which again is another good answer. And then there was a third guy who very rarely spoke, raised his hand, kind of surprised the, the group leader. And he said, Ed, what about you? He said, well, if I knew I had four weeks to live, I'd want to spend it with my mother-in-law. Exactly. Uh, those of you who couldn't see, Heath went like this. And, and the, the leader said, your mother-in-law, he said, why would you want to spend your last four weeks with your mother-in-law? And Ed said, I can promise you those will be the four longest weeks of my life. <laughs> oh, mercy. I always love taking notes, and, and there's normally something that is said or sung uh, before I get up to speak when I go somewhere, and, and that, that strikes a chord with me, and, and today's no different. Christ be magnified in me, and, and if I join you in your suffering, I'll join you. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of suffering going on in the world today. We, we certainly do in a lot of different ways, and I want to spend a few minutes this morning talking about a subject that is hitting us, but especially our young people from every conceivable angle, and that is the question of identity. And I ask you to pray for me because this is one of the, the things about coming to someplace for a third time. I had to come up with some new material this week. I've used everything I had the previous two times. 
But God put this on my heart a long, uh, some time ago. And what I want to do this morning is, is shed some light on the difference in the way that society might define us and or the way we define ourselves versus the way God defines us in His Word. And if you're here this morning and you're struggling with any of the things that we're going to be talking about, I beg you, stay engaged until the end because the Bible has many wonderful things to speak to you before we're through today, okay? You don't have to spend very much time at all watching television, checking out social media, or even hanging out with a church youth group to know that young people today, and, and many older folks too, quite honestly, are more confused than they've ever been before. And many of them don't realize it. That's how Satan has blinded so many people. And the lack of awareness is probably the saddest and most frightening part of the whole situation. And if we're being honest, and I had to look internally, it's an indictment of the church on a broad scale. And you and me as Christians, when we start to narrow that focus, the belief system of young people's parents and grandparents, if there was or is one, is being questioned, if not mocked. More and more society and culture are doing everything they can to silence followers of Jesus. Gender fluidity is something to be celebrated. Children as young as four and five years old are being subjected to surgical mutilation. Young people today are being told that if you don't like being a man, live as a woman. Or vice versa. The sanctity of girls and women's sports is being shattered on an ever-growing basis. And I work on a college campus and I see how hard those young ladies work and train for their sports. They work as hard, they put in as many hours as the men do. And what's being allowed to happen to them and their sports is criminal. It really is. Amen. We've gotten to the point that even pronouns are controversial. Right. Folks, the world's a broken place. And Satan is using that brokenness to confuse and deceive people of all ages, but particularly young people. I do a, a weekly radio show as part of Grand Slam Ministries, cleverly called The Dan Scott Show. That way I don't forget the name. And um, last week's guest was Shane Pruitt, who is the National Next Gen Director for the North American Missions Board. And if you don't follow Shane on social media, I highly suggest that you do. Because he is young, 41, that's young to me, uh, engaging, and man, he lays some truth down. He does, but he does it in love. But he was a guest on my show last week, and this is a lengthy quote, so please pay attention, but here's part of what he said. Quote, with young people, the pandemic did not create new problems. It just poured gasoline on the problems that were already there. So now, he said, you've got a whole generation of young people, young adults, college students, and teenagers. They realize very quickly that the world can change in a day. Can I get a witness? Yep. Amen. He said they realized very quickly that the world is broken. And they're broken. So they're coming to the end of themselves at a much earlier age. So they're looking for hope, they're looking for answers, they're looking for truth. 
And when they don't find it in the world, which they're not going to find it in the world, then guess what happens? He said depression rates go up, anxiety levels go up, suicide attempts go up. So that's where we as the church, followers of Jesus, need to slide into those conversations. The hope you're looking for, the truth that you're looking for, the answer that you're looking for actually has a name. And it's the name above every name. It's the name Jesus Christ. That was Shane Pruitt from my radio show. And then Shane told me that in the last four years of his ministry, he has seen more young adults, college students, and teenagers make professions of faith in Jesus than in the previous 20 years of his ministry combined. And we need to celebrate that. We need to praise God for that. But it's just the tip of the proverbial iceberg. According to the most up-to-date numbers that I found this week, almost 36% of the population of the United States is under the age of 25. And 14% of that population is between the ages of 15 and 24. Culture is coming after our young people. And we as the church have to step in. Folks, we can't wait anymore. We cannot wait anymore. We can't stand by and watch as our young people chase fulfillment in all the wrong places. We can't sit back in our comfortable self-righteousness and look down on people, young or old, who are confused about who they are because they don't have a relationship with the one who created them. My opinion, lost identity is the real pandemic that's sweeping our society right now. Boys and girls, men and women, so broken, whether they realize it or not, that they seek acceptance and approval anywhere they can find it, even by trying to reverse their own biology. And television, social media, really all media, and sadly, even some churches are not only feeding into this, but they're affirming it, and celebrating it. And what they, what all of us, everybody in this room, need is that relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Because we were made in His image, and that relationship is what completes us as both a physical, but more importantly, a spiritual being. But you know what? It's easy to sit back and kind of cast stones, isn't it? It really is. But I think it's safe to say that everybody in this room has struggled with an identity crisis of some kind at some point in their lives. Maybe not as drastic as what we've been talking about here. But I'd be willing to bet that every person in this room at one time or another has asked themselves the question, who am I and how do others see me? In my own life, I have defined myself or others have defined me in in varying ways over the years. And as you go through different stages of life, that undoubtedly changes. So I, I, I put down a few just as a for instance. Preacher's son. 
My dad is 76 years old and he's still pastoring and preaching in West Virginia. So I've been a preacher's son as long as I've been alive. And when you're in a small town growing up like I did, even in the days before the internet, it's amazing how quickly things get around when people think you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing. Whether you're doing it or not, Heath. <laughs> there will be phone calls to my house. Hey, preacher, guess what I saw your son doing? So there, there's, a, there's a, an extra measure of grace needed for preacher's kids. But it's also one of the things that I'm most proud of because my dad has been a shining example for me my whole life. Another way that I have been identified as a husband, father, and, and now a grandfather. I mentioned we have two daughters, both married to young men named Zach. We're Baptists, not Mormons. They're two different guys. <laughs> Three grandchildren here and one in heaven that we lost at the age of nine days old just a little over a month ago. And uh, tell you what, being a grandparent is great because it's, it's a, not only a chance to rectify some of the mistakes that maybe you made with your own kids, but it's also payback for the way that your kids treated you sometimes, right? Um, and so those of you who are grandparents, I know if you didn't say amen out loud, you said it, you said it <laughs> in your head. Uh, I have been identified in my life, most of my life, if not all, as a baseball guy. I love baseball. I always have always loved the game of baseball. And my happy place, so to speak, is when I can slip into that booth at Floor Field 66 times a year and, and broadcast Greenville Drive baseball. It, it's, it's something that I always wanted to do. I knew if I couldn't play the game, I wanted to broadcast it, and God allowed that to happen. Uh, for a little over a decade, I was identified as a, a sports writer and sports editor for various newspapers in different places, in, including in Seneca. Now, probably more than anything, I'm identified as a broadcaster. And in fact, coming up in just a little over two weeks, maybe three weeks, March 16th of last year was, I think, clearly the biggest moment I've ever had as a broadcaster when Furman upset Virginia and my call of that went viral. Um, but God used that, Heath, to remind me that he's the one who sets up and he's the one who brings down. Because for about 48 hours after that call, my life was chaos. Um, I had seven radio interviews the next day, two of them national. People wanted to know who is this loudmouth and, and who are the Furman Paladins. And as I said, the, the, call, the call went viral. Everybody saw it on, on Twitter and, and everywhere else. CBS, in fact, opened its um, NCAA tournament coverage the next two days with my call of J.P. Pegues' shot that beat Virginia. But then, as I said, God, just, just a little bit of a reminder, 48 hours later, nobody knew who I was because the tournament went on, the next big moment happened, and everybody moved on. And even today, when Furman fans talk about it, they talk about Kevin Harlan's call on CBS. And, and that's fine. What it did, it drove home a lesson that God has been teaching me for a number of years now, and it just kind of cemented it that being a broadcaster is what I do, but it's not who I am. Amen. 
And it took me a while to get there. Other ways that I have been identified in my life, sexual abuse survivor. I was sexually abused by a group of older boys when I was seven or eight years old over an extended period of time where my grandparents lived until one man found out about it and spoke up and that put a stop to it. I would identify myself as something of a worrier. I can't tell you how many times that I can look at a very simple situation and by the time I get through thinking about it, I have created a monster. I have created imaginary conversations with people in my head and by the time I'm done, I'm mad at them and the conversations never actually happened. That's something that I battle. And then I think the most important way that I've identified myself and thankfully God has identified me is as a sinner saved by grace. Because on June 10th of 2012, I gave my life to Christ after a long struggle. And some of you who were here in November of 21 may remember that. But that's the way that I think all of us want to be identified. A sinner saved by grace. So those are are just a few examples of how I've identified myself or how other people maybe have identified me. And there's a lot more I could have gone into. And every one of you in this room here today is being or has been defined in some way. But if you're here today and you're struggling with your identity in any way, in any way, I've got good news for you. God has not only clearly declared your identity, but he has expressed his love for you all throughout the Bible. So whatever you're struggling with here today, listen closely. Because we're going to run through a whole bunch of Bible verses that tell you what God thinks about you, what God thinks about me, what God thinks about all of us. You say you're unlovable. But in Romans 8, 38 and 39, God says you are loved. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. By the way, all of these I'm going to read are new King James Version translations, so if you need help, ask somebody. You say you are wounded, but God... In Isaiah 53, 5, he says, through Jesus, you are healed. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. You say you are weak. But God says you're strong. Psalm 18, 32 It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. You may be here this morning and you may feel abandoned. But God says you can be adopted. Ephesians 1, 4, and 5. Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons and daughters, 
by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. You may be here this morning and for whatever reason, you're broken. Colossians 2.10 says you can be made whole. And you are complete in him. You are complete in him who is head of all principality and power. How many of us in our lives have ever felt rejected? Hands all over the house. But God says you are his. The second half of Isaiah Isaiah 43.1 says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. That's God saying that. Loneliness is a terrible feeling. You may be here today and you feel alone. You can feel alone in a crowded room. But God says he is with you. Joshua 1.9 Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You say you are hopeless or your circumstances are hopeless. But God says he is your hope. Jeremiah 29.11 For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, or other translations, the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. God is sitting up there. He's, this is hard to fathom. He, he's thinking about us. He's thinking about me. He's thinking about you. And he has plans for us. That should give us hope. You say, and trust me, I've been there just in the last few years. You don't have a purpose. God, what's my purpose? But God has a purpose for all of us. Esther 4.14, For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this? You say, I have failed. We've all failed. But 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says you can have victory. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through who? Our Lord Jesus Christ. You feel lost like a ship without a rudder. But God can give you direction. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying... This is the way. Walk in it, whether you turn to the right hand or whether you turn to the left. Isaiah 30, 21. You may be worried or anxious, but in John 14, 27, Jesus says you can have peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives you do I give you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You may be here today and you may be unhappy for whatever reason, but Jesus says you can have joy. John 15, 11, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. How many of us in this room have ever been afraid? 
or maybe afraid of something right now. But our God says that we can be fearless. 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. Not a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. You may be here today and you think, well, I'm, I'm nothing special. But God says, yes, you are. Psalm 139, 14. David said, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You say you're a sinner. But in 1 John 2, 12, God says to accepting Christ, you're forgiven. I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven you for his namesake. And then maybe the best news of all, you have a feeling that you're worthless. But God says that you were worth the best that he had to offer. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You get the idea? You get the idea? The God who created you loves you. And he knows who you are. And what he thinks about you, and this is just 17 verses. How many more of the 30,000 plus verses in the Bible could we go into? Where he tells us exactly what he thinks and how he feels about us and how much he loves us. If God loves us that much, does it matter what anybody else thinks about us? Amen. So, if you're here in the room and you're a Christian today, as Christians, how should we be defined? How should others see us when they watch us? Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Sanctification is a long process. But the longer we walk with Christ, the more people should see Christ in us. Amen. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And I think Keith mentioned this in his prayer at the beginning of the service. The Bible doesn't say anything about guaranteeing you this afternoon much less tomorrow, next week, next month, or next year. The Bible says now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. And no matter what you've done, no matter what others have done to you, no matter how bad you think you are, or maybe you don't think you're bad at all, no matter how the world has defined you, no matter how you've defined yourself, Jesus can change all of that. And here this morning, before we leave this building, He can define you in a whole new way. A definition that will last for all of eternity. 
you can be identified as a follower of Jesus Christ, a child of the King. And the best news of all, you don't have to do anything to earn this new identity. In fact, you can't earn it. You can't work for it. Jesus did all the work with his sacrificial death on the cross, conquering sin and death when he rose the third day. It's a free gift, and all you have to do is accept it. So as we get ready to pray and turn it back over to Heath, I'll ask you, how do you want to be defined? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege of coming to you in prayer. Thank you for the opportunity to stand here this morning for a few minutes and share what you've put on our hearts. And I just pray that while it was my voice that people heard, that they heard that still small voice of the Holy Spirit. And God, however you're dealing with somebody here this morning, I pray they'll respond. There are people here undoubtedly who are feeling broken. They're, they're feeling hurt. They're feeling so many different emotions, God. But you are the one who can provide that comfort and that peace that's missing from their lives. Whether they're saved and, and just need that reassurance or whether they don't know Jesus as their Savior and they need to make that decision today. We just pray that as Pastor Heath comes, that the Holy Spirit will move and the people here will be obedient to the calling that's placed on them by the Holy Spirit. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. That was my talk at Union Baptist Church in Lawrence last weekend about identity, how God views us versus how we or the culture may view us and define us. We'll be back to get into the final segment of the show in just a moment. Grand Slam Ministries exists to glorify Jesus Christ in multiple ways through this radio show and its accompanying online digital and video components through our sister websites, danscottshow.org and grandslamministries.org and through furthering our core missions, mentorship, and providing food and other necessities to children. None of this is possible without your prayers and support. By making a gift to Grand Slam Ministries today, you'll not only help with this program and keep it on this radio station, you'll help us grow our family of stations, allowing us to bring stories of God working in the lives of men and women everywhere to a larger audience. And at the same time, your gift will help us in the initial launch of those core mission programs. Grand Slam Ministries is in its infancy. We need your support. Will you help us today? Visit our website, grandslamministries.org, and prayerfully consider a one-time or monthly gift today. And above and beyond anything else, please pray for our ministry. Thank you, and God bless. Teenage boys and young men today are in crisis. Statistics show that a home without a father or male role model present is the single biggest indicator of poverty, behavior issues, drug and alcohol abuse, criminal activity, and yes, imprisonment. At Grand Slam Ministries, one of our core missions is developing a mentorship program to teach boys how to become strong Christian men and then teach those men to be the biblical husbands, fathers, and church and community leaders the Bible calls us to be. We need your prayers, 
We need your ideas, and we need your support. Visit our website, grandslamministries.org, to find out more about our mentorship mission and prayerfully consider how you may be able to assist us. Again, that website is grandslamministries.org. We are back for the final segment of episode 61 of the Dan Scott Show. Presented by our 501c3 nonprofit organization, Grand Slam Ministries. GrandSlamMinistries.org is a page at DanScottShow.org. And uh, normally, right before we get into our guest conversation, I tell you about the website and how you can uh, access the archives. I didn't do it then, so I'll do it now. DanScottShow.org, affiliates and archives page. Everything that we've done is archived there by accessing the podcast site. And you can just scroll back through all the way to the very first show on January the 8th of 2023. That was episode one. This is episode 61. All of that information is there. Information about Grand Slam Ministries is at the GSM page. And of course, ways that you can donate and help us out are there as well. If all you're interested in is the podcast archives, you can just search Dan Scott Show on your favorite podcast site and you will find us. We are pretty much everywhere. I hope you enjoyed the uh, talk that you heard. Um, It's the first time that I had given it. And uh, it's just something that is very, very prevalent in our culture now. Identity people trying to figure out who they are. And what I hope that you gleaned from that is that God has already defined you and he has a, a plan for your life. He wants you to know what he thinks about you. And, and you know, I, I gave you 17 verses in that talk. There are over 30,000 verses in the Bible. Trust me, we could have gone on and on and on and on talking about the way God defines us in the Bible. Those 17 verses were just a snapshot, but they were enough for you to understand, I hope, that no matter how you're feeling, no matter what kind of confusion you may have in your life, that the answer to that confusion is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And God telling you through those few verses that in him, you can have the peace that you're looking for. And you know, we're all looking for clarity, I think. Whether you're a Christian or not, you're looking for clarity in your life. And if you're like me, you get frustrated sometimes when someone else can't see things with the clarity that either you do or the clarity you think that they should see. You know, for instance, I get frustrated when I see people who can't see the love of Christ that is available and waiting on them. All they have to do is accept it. I, I get frustrated about some of the things we, we talked about in, in, my, um, in my talk at Union Baptist that you just heard. I get frustrated 
when there are things that I can see, especially viewing it through Scripture and through the lens of the Holy Spirit, I get frustrated that I can see things are clear and somebody else can't see with that kind of clarity. And then I saw something this week that has has nothing to do with with the Bible, but I think it it all puts it into perspective. The uh, late comedian and uh, silent film star Charlie Chaplin, who who was really the first uh, megastar in the, the Hollywood era, once entered as a gag a Charlie Chaplin lookalike contest in the city of San Francisco, and this was sometime in the 1920s. He finished 20th. Charlie Chaplin finished 20th in a Charlie Chaplin lookalike contest. It's a true story, and it just goes to show you that the truth can be right there in front of someone, and they can be so blinded that they can't see the truth. And we know that we live in a day and age now where people say that truth is relative. I have my truth, you have your truth. There's there's nothing that is absolute. Well, Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus publicly pro- proclaimed himself to be the absolute truth. And I believe what the Bible says. I believe that God's Word is the truth. And so I get frustrated when other people can't see that or refuse to see that. But, you know, my job is to get beyond that frustration and love people and continue to share my faith. It's not my job to save anybody's soul because I can't do that. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. Only the Holy Spirit can prompt someone to accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. But my job is to, whenever I get the opportunity, to plant the seed. And then maybe in that example, someone else comes comes along and waters that seed that's been planted. And, and then eventually the roots begin to grow and that seed will sprout, and there will be a, a conversion. There will be a, an acceptance of Jesus Christ as a personal Savior. I may not see it. You know, I don't know that through the course of doing this radio show or other things that I've done over the years, that maybe it's had an impact on somebody. You know, uh, we, we all like instant feedback. And I tell you all the time, almost every single episode, that you know I want you to email and let me know what you think about the show. I want you to to drop us a line and and give us some feedback. If there's something that's blessed you, if there's a concern that you have, if there's something you want us to pray about, I do it. And so you know I'm I'm human. I, I want that feedback. And when it doesn't come whether it's through this or, or through something else, sometimes you, you tend to get uh, a, little bit, um, uh, a little bit discouraged. But I, I have to tell you about something that happened just a couple of months ago. 
just one of those little moments where where God is saying, here's just a reminder that what you are doing is making a difference in someone's life. Because I prayed. I, I remember sitting in my office and, and, and praying, God, I I just need to know that, that what I'm doing is impacting somebody. Because I was just going through one of those stretches where I, I was getting frustrated. I was getting discouraged. It, it was um, right before the holidays. And it, it was just one of those dark stretches that we all go through that I really couldn't feel Jesus the way I wanted to. And, and, you know, we get in trouble when we rely on our feelings instead of our faith. But I remember sitting in my office, and I was praying, and, and I just said, God, I, I need a sign. I, I need to know that what I'm doing is making an impact. I think that was on a Wednesday or a Thursday got to church that Sunday and was uh, is after Sunday school and I got in my seat in the balcony and we're waiting on the service to start and the the wife of one of our uh, former fellow deacons came over to me and, and just sat down beside me for a minute. Their son has been battling an ongoing substance abuse problem for a number of years and he had just gotten out of another rehab facility he was in a halfway house i believe and was starting to begin the process of looking for a job and trying to get settled again and start to rebuild his life and she came over and she sat down beside me and she said i just want you to know that my son listens to your program every week and it has come to mean a lot to him. And, and I didn't really know what to say because it was in that moment that I realized that God was answering that prayer. That I said, Lord, I need to know that what I'm doing is making an impact. And just very quietly, probably a 30-second conversation, he let me know through that young man's mother that what we are doing here is making a difference. And it's just that that little bit of encouragement that can keep you going and keep you going and keep you going. So I just want to offer that to someone out there listening right now who may be discouraged, who may be in one of those seasons where you you're not feeling God's presence in your life the way you want to. Just give it to him. And then sit back and watch. You know, Billy Graham once talked about being in Bible college and writing home to his mother and, and, and saying that he wasn't getting anywhere in his prayers, that he couldn't feel God's presence. And his mother wrote him a letter back and she said, Son, in effect, and I'm paraphrasing, your, your feelings have nothing to do with it. You gave your life to Christ, you're saved, and his presence is always with you. He said, if you can't feel him, those may be the moments that he's actually the closest because those are the moments that you have to operate by sheer faith and nothing else. 
And I thought that was a very profound thought. And isn't that something that a godly mother would come up with? And I, I heard him tell that story on numerous occasions, and it's something that's always resonated with me. If we allow our feelings to dictate what we do, that's when we get in trouble. We have to walk by faith, and then when we need it, if we need it, if we're discouraged, God will show us those little moments like he did with me just a couple of weeks ago. As we get set to wrap it up today, uh, I I just want to Thank you, A, for listening, and B, remind you, I don't do this very often. Maybe I should a little more often. I don't know. But I'm always looking for opportunities to come to speak at churches, men's groups, youth groups, organizations, whatever the the situation is. To share my testimony, I've got five or six or maybe as many as seven or eight different topics I can speak on, including the one that you just heard today. Some of you have heard my testimony. Some of you have heard my talk about finding God's purpose for your life. I would love to come and speak to your organization, to your church, to your group. And one question I get asked invariably when I do uh, get asked to come and speak somewhere is, what's your speaking fee? I don't have one. I never charge anybody to come and speak. I leave that between the people who invite me and the Holy Spirit. And I've gone places where they have given me an honorarium, and I've gone places where they've given me nothing. My job is to be obedient. If God says go, I go. The only thing that I ask is that if there's travel involved, that the travel expenses are taken care of. And I think that's a reasonable request, but I don't have a speaking fee per se. God provides and I would love to come and speak to your church organization, dan at danscottshow.org, if you feel led to do so. Listen, have a great day. We'll be back again next week with another edition of the show. I'm Dan Scott saying God bless you and so long, everybody.